All right, ladies and gentlemen, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman. And today we are talking about the release of Dante Fowler, how much we actually know about the Falcons offseason plans and how much those plans may be impacted by recent coastal changes. You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman. been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at Falcfans.com. Still going strong on Twitter at Falcfans. And, of course, the host of this preeminent Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, your team every good grief. I've done this intro so many times I, I butchered it. Your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. <laughs> Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I don't know why I just had a break there, but I've literally done that intro hundreds of times. Um, so, you know, foulfans.com, RIP. I, I guess I'm too distracted by the release of Dante Fowler, and we'll get into that on today's episode. But before we get there, guys, I want to thank you for making Lockdown Falcons your first listen each and every day. Of course, Lockdown Falcons is free and available on a variety of podcast platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Google, Spotify, uh, as well as a free and available on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to the Locked on Falcons YouTube channel. Give us a like when you do. So the Falcons released Dante Fowler on Wednesday. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because there was a little bit of confusion over whether or not Dante Fowler had a voidable year headed into 2022 or um, he didn't. Uh, when he restructured his contract last March. But between you and I, it doesn't really matter all that much. We'll just sort of let all the uh, accountants figure that stuff out. Um, all you need to know uh, is that the Falcons will carry $4.7 million in dead money this year for Fowler, whether it was avoidable year or whether it was released. That was true then, is true today. So nothing really changed from the salary cap standpoint. And when we look back at Dante Fowler's, you know, disappointing two-year tenure here in Atlanta, he obviously came to the team back at the outset of the 2020 offseason to a lot of fanfare. People were hyping him up to be basically the anti-Vic Beasley because Dante Fowler had that dog in him, as so many people perceived. But uh, regular listeners of the podcast back then knew that the gap between him and Beasley was not as significant as some people were opining at the time. Both of them were mainly speed rushers. Now, the thing we said, uh, I said, and, and maintained that Fowler was a more polished speed rusher than Vic Beasley, you know, uh, but essentially they were both kind of limited fastball pitchers. Uh, and Fowler was just a little, his fastball was a little bit better than Vic Beasley's fastball. And I think that was a major contributing factor um, to why Fowler was not as effective in 2020 in his first year here in Atlanta because he had those lower leg injuries that limited um, his ability to get that first step quickness to throw his fastball, which was his speed rush, which in his entire repertoire of moves was built predominantly off of his ability to beat the offensive tackle to the corner and turn the uh, corner. And the hope was that if he was healthier in 2021, he would bounce back and, and sort of get his fastball back. And while his fastball was a little bit better this season, 
uh, it didn't necessarily make a massive difference for the Falcons pass rush this past season. And so Fowler will go down in history, uh, at least in Falcons history, as one of the worst free agent signings that the team has arguably ever made. Uh, and the main reason for that was considering how high a price tag that the Falcons paid and, you know, the return on very limited production, right? When you look at the $15 million a year salary that the Falcons gave out Dante Fowler, it's the highest that they've ever given out. Now, when you adjust for inflation, I think it's slightly behind Dante Robinson's uh, you know, nine million that he got he signed in 2010, which would translate to be about I think 15.1 million dollars in 2020 dollars, or whatever the case may be. And if you're curious, sort of comparing and contrasting Dante Fowler to Ray Edwards, the main reason I would probably argue that Dante Fowler was a worse signing than Ray Edwards was just the price tag. Like Ray Edwards's uh, 2011 contract in 2020 dollars, again, if you're adjusting to salary cap inflation, would be worth about nine million dollars a year. Uh, uh, in, in 2020 dollars. Um, so again, Dante Fowler got paid considerably more than what Ray Edwards got paid. Um, and you know, they both had similar subpar performances. Maybe you can make the argument that Fowler was a slightly better pass rusher, Edwards is a slightly better run defender. Again, that's up to you. Uh, to whichever hill you want to die on, both of those hills are not great places to die. So, uh, either way. Uh, certainly Fowler is in the conversation, let's say that, at the very minimum. Uh, whether you put him at number one or number five in terms of the worst of list in terms of Falcons uh, free agent signings is, is, is up to you. But um, now we know that the Falcons, now that they're moving on from Dante Fowler, will go into this offseason looking to bolster the pass rush, and we'll just sort of have to wait and see whether that comes via free agency, whether that came, comes via the draft, or whether that comes via both. Uh, pathways. And, and that's going to get us into sort of our next topic of conversation, which is why this offseason is going to be fairly difficult to predict exactly what the Falcons are going to do, because we just don't know quite enough about Arthur Smith and, and Terry Fonten on this current regime's tendencies. And we'll get into that as we continue today's Lockdown Falcons podcast. But before we get there, guys, I do want to let you know that Despite the fact that football season is over and we're now in the off season, it doesn't mean that bet online doesn't have you covered uh, and is that number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Football season is over, but basketball season is full steam ahead with pro and college hoops. And bet online is the best place to find sports scores, podcasts, news, and more. The latest odds, total, and player performance props. You can even find where Russell Wilson's most likely destination is uh, in terms of if he's not with the Seahawks in 2022. And according to Bet Online, you know, they seem to think that's potentially the NFC South with the two likeliest destinations being the Tampa Bay Bucks and the New Orleans Saints with the Bucks having seven to two odds and the Saints having four to one odds. You got the Panthers not far down the list with 10 to one odds. And hey, the Falcons round things out 40 to one odds. Maybe you want to take advantage of that by signing up right now at betonline.net. And whether you want to bet on that or basketball, you can also bet on hockey, boxing, UFC, Olympic coverage, your favorite Vegas casino games. It's all there at BetOnline. So go sign up today at the website or use your mobile device. BetOnline, where the game starts. So as we are looking forward to this upcoming offseason, and if you've been a regular listener of this podcast for basically the last nine or so months, really going back to last May. You've heard me say many times that I am very much looking forward 
and fascinated and interested in all these various terms that I use to what the team does in this 2022 offseason. And mainly because I think we're going to finally be able to find out how this regime really truly operates, how what their tendencies are, because we didn't really find that out last year. And, and again, the argument, and I won't you know argue against this, is that they were handicapped by the team's salary cap situation. They were new on the job. They didn't necessarily know the ins and outs of the roster. And that's why a lot of people term 2021 to be an evaluation year for them. And now that they've evaluated uh, for an entire year, now we kind of get to really see what their vision of the future is. And that should start to unfold this offseason. It's not as if the Falcons are going to be able to make all the moves that they want to make this offseason, because again, the salary cap situation is tight, but it's not as tight as it was a year ago. It's not to the degree where they shouldn't be forced to have to sign a whole bunch of veteran minimum contracts in order to enhance their roster. They should be able to be a little bit more proactive in free agency and signing at least a couple of mid-tier guys that can help impact this roster. Um, but, you know, who those guys are going to be, you know, how much cap space they're going to have, I don't, you know, I don't really know. And frankly, your guess is probably as good as mine. And basically all I do on this podcast is sit here and make educated guesses. But at the end of the day, they're still ultimately guesses. And when I look ahead to this offseason, not necessarily knowing exactly what's going to happen, you know, if you're asking me, okay, what is the one or two moves that you have over like, say, 95% confidence so that you're not completely certain, but pretty confident are, are certainly going to happen. Um, the only two moves I would put on that list is Jake Matthews is probably going to get his contract restructured and Tyler Davison will probably be released. Again, not over 95% confidence on those two moves, but everything else is kind of up in the air. Everything else I have much less confidence. Now, I can still say certain things with confidence, like Matt Ryan will be back with the Falcons this year, but I, I say – you know, with say 83% confidence that Matt Ryan will probably restructure his contract. But that 17% difference between 83 and 100 is the difference between the possibility that they could extend him, the possibility that they could trade him. Um, now, the 17% um, means that I'm, I'm doubtful that they'll do either one of those two things, but it's still possible that they could do those things if certain other variables that are unknown to me happen. So, you know, again, when it comes to telling you what will happen this offseason, I'm essentially making educated guesses, but I certainly can give you more definitive takes on what I think should happen this offseason. And the main thing that I think that should happen this offseason is I think the Falcons need to improve in the trenches. I think that will make this team significantly better if they can get significantly better in the trenches. And that's based mainly off of how I perceive Arthur Smith and Dean Pease want to play uh, from a play calling standpoint. Both of those guys have relatively conservative approaches. Arthur Smith with, you know, that sort of established the run sort of mentality when it came to his play calling this past season. Dean Pease, when we're talking about conservative conservativeness on defense, we're talking about relying heavily on zone. And you've heard me talk about that. And that typically relies on you to be able to get pressure with four. And again, going back to Arthur Smith and wanting to establish a run. So to me, when we talk about what should happen, I think the Falcons should make significant effort this offseason to get better in the trenches on the offensive line and on the defensive line. And they can do that. You know, I feel like they can make significant gains. Now, what is significant gains? Now, 
I don't look at significant improvement for the Falcons in 2022 as necessarily an expression in terms of their win total, right? But I do look at it from other metrics, like the fact that the Falcons finished, what, 30th in DBOA this past year, according to Football Outsiders. Um, So to me, significant improvement in that area would be, you know, being, say, 20th in DBOA, right? And when you look at the Falcons being 29th in point differential this year. Um, So to me, significant improvement would be something like 19th in point differential. And this team can get back to a place where it may not necessarily be reflected in their total win total, where you may see a similar record in 2022 that you saw in 2021, but gains in some of these other sort of areas that we're judging the team off of would inspire me personally with a lot more confidence that this coaching staff is, you know, making the right moves moving forward. And speaking of that, you know, that leads us to the conversation that the Falcons made some recent changes to their coaching staff, uh, losing a wide receiver coach in Dave Brock, and, and that may or may not impact the team's decision and whether they keep wide receiver Russell Gage, who is an impending free agent this offseason. And we'll discuss that as we close out today's episode. But before we get there, guys, I do want to thank you again for making Lockdown Falcons your first listen each and every day. And of course, I always have recommendations for what your second listen should be. And of course, always want to plug one of the local shows. And of course, Lockdown Bulldogs has you covered with all the fallout from Georgia's national championship win. But of course, we know college hoops is ongoing. So Clinton Daniel can give you the lowdown on all things Georgia on the Lockdown Bulldogs podcast, which you can find free and available on all the same podcast platforms you can find Lockdown Falcons, including on YouTube. So it was announced earlier this week that Dave Brock, the Falcons wide receiver coach, would not be returning to the team. They're also losing assistant offensive line coach Chandler Henley, who is accepting a position with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, They are, however, retaining quarterback coach Charles London, who did interview last week uh, to become the Dolphins' new offensive coordinator. So what's notable about Brock is that he was one of, I think, two, if not three, assistant coaches that were retained by Arthur Smith from the Dan Quinn regime. Brock was uh, the wide receiver coach under Dan Quinn beginning in the 2019 season uh, when the team sort of reshuffled their coaching staff and moved Raheem Morris to the defensive side of the ball. And I think at that time, Brock was the Falcons running backs coach. And then he moved full time to the wide receivers coach. He had been there in previous years as an assistant. Uh, I can't remember exactly what his role were in, but he had been hired by the Falcons beginning in 2017. Brock's time with Dan Quinn goes back to his days at Hofstra in the nineties uh, when Raheem Morris was also, I think a player there as well. Um, and, you know, Brock, you know, went on to become an uh, assistant at UNC when Arthur Smith was not only, I think, a player at UNC, but also a graduate assistant in the early 2000s. Brock would eventually go on to become the head coach of Delaware before he eventually joined the Falcons coaching staff. And the notable thing about Dave Brock is that he's often been credited over the last couple of seasons with sort of having the quote unquote vision, I guess you could call it of, you know, trying to make Russell Gage into a more um, bigger part of the Falcons offense, right? That, you know, not to say that he was the quote-unquote mastermind behind the Falcons trading Mohamed Sanu in 2019, but let's just say, um, without knowing all the details that went behind that, let's just say 
Brock's confidence that he could coach up Russell Gage was a big part of the reason why the Falcons felt comfortable moving on from Sanu. Um, and so that leads us to believe that, you know, potentially Dave Brock was Russell Gage's biggest champion within the Falcons building. And, and does that now necessarily mean that Brock is, is leaving? Um, does that now mean that the Falcons may be less interested in bringing Gage back because he won't have his champion in the building? And that's certainly possible. But right now, it's still too early to tell. We've talked about, you know, whether or not Russell Gage will be back on previous episodes of the podcast. And, you know, I, I still think it makes total sense for the Falcons to bring back Russell Gage. Again, whether they choose to do that remains to be seen. But, you know, I feel like given the expectation that the Falcons are going to be committed to Matt Ryan and, and probably won't be trading for Russell Wilson uh, this offseason. Uh, but, um, you know, given the likelihood that Matt Ryan will be back here in Atlanta, and again, I would put that at over 85% probability, probably over 90% chance that Matt Ryan is back here in Atlanta, let's say 92%, just to give it a a ballpark figure, not over 95%, but just slight shy of that. And if you want to maximize Matt Ryan's possible last year and try to get Matt Ryan the best chance he has moving forward uh, to have a, a good 2022 so that we're not having the same conversation about potentially moving on from Matt Ryan a year from now, you know, having receivers that he is familiar with, like Russell Gage, makes a ton of sense, right? We know that historically speaking, that for throughout Matt Ryan's career, it takes him time to build a rapport with his weapons, his receivers, his tight ends and whatnot. Sometimes it can be six weeks. Sometimes it can be 10 weeks. Sometimes it can be an entire season and a half or whatever the case may be. And so asking Matt Ryan to make significant improvement in 2022 with a whole new cast of wide receivers, particularly in a world where the Falcons are moving on from in uh, trading Calvin Ridley, which is a world that a lot of people think that the Falcon that we're living in. Um, and so if he's losing not only his top two receivers, that means the Falcons are going to have to bring in brand new guys. And it makes sense that, you know, rather than doing that, it makes sense for the Falcons to, to keep gauge, especially if you factor in that gauge shouldn't be too expensive this off season. If you look at his uh, pro football focus, contract projection they're projecting him to earn a contract of around seven and a half million dollars a year which if you listen to our wide receiver review i, I kind of basically said in that episode that's a relative bargain uh for what you could be paying russell gage based off of his recent production that you know when you look at receivers that you know are typically signed in free agency to get that type of um production you know, often teams are paying something closer to like 13 million a year. So almost twice as much as what pro football focus is projecting gauge to potentially uh, uh, make on, on the open market. So, you know, we'll just sort of have to see if the Falcons um, go in that direction. Obviously we know that there are going to be some tougher choices to be made this off season beyond cutting Dante Fowler, which was not a tough choice at all. Um, and that could include letting a player like Russell Gage walk and, um, you know, whoever the Falcons hire to replace Brock as their wide receiver coach could go a long way to determining that, right? Like that coach could have his own guy. And, and rather than being the champion of Russell Gage, he's going to be a champion of some other free agent or some other player that the Falcons could trade for this offseason and want to bring that guy into the building rather than, you know, coaching up Russell Gage. And that, that's certainly a possibility. So time will tell on that. Um, as for Chandler Henley, 
the other assistant that is departing, he is most notable for being Jaden Graham's uh, position coach, the tight ends coach during their shared time at Yale. Um, and I believe the Yale connection is also where he's connected with new Dolphins coach uh, Mike McDaniel as well. Um, so, you know, maybe in a similar capacity where we're talking about Dave Brock's departure leading to Russell Gage's departure, maybe that leads to Jaden Graham, who is an impending exclusive rights free agent. Maybe that leads to his departure. And the fact that the Falcons um, signed Ryan Becker, uh, who, who they brought to camp last year before he got injured as a blocking tight end may signal that, that the Falcons are looking in another direction and, and may decide not to tender Jaden Graham and let him, you know, hit the open market and, and go in another direction in terms of their tight end depth. So that's also a possibility. And that's how these potential coaching changes could impact it. So we'll ultimately see over the next couple of weeks, four weeks from now, when, when free agency in the off season officially kicks off, you know, if any of these moves matter, um, we, we do know that Dante Fowler is gone. And, and again, there are, as I mentioned earlier, we'll probably see some more cuts closer uh, to that March 16th, I believe it is, uh, league opening year, like Tyler Davison uh, being released. Mike Davis is potentially on the bubble. Kendall Sheffield's on the bubble. Uh, obviously, Calvin Ridley and Deion Jones are potential trade bait. Grady Jarrett's also trade bait. Matt Ryan technically is, is trade bait as well. So we'll just sort of have to see what unfolds over the next four weeks. And obviously, they'll have you covered here on Lockdown Falcons. And I'll just continue to speculate uh, on Lockdown Falcons and throwing stuff at the wall. And hopefully we'll see some things stick, right? And we'll just uh, see what happens with the Falcons. So I'm always welcome for your feedback uh, and what, uh, you know, if you have any feedback to anything I've talked about on today's episode, anything I've talked about on previous episodes or anything you want me to talk about on future episodes, of course, you can provide that feedback via Twitter or Facebook at Lockdown Falcons. Uh, you can send an email to LockdownFalcons at mail.com. You can leave a comment here on the Lockdown Falcons YouTube channel. So, guys, that's going to do it for us here on today's Locked on Falcons episode. Uh, we'll have some more content for you tomorrow. I'm hoping that I don't have to talk about Calvin Ridley and, and the fact that he had the audacity to take a picture with his family on a boat. How dare he? So hopefully we don't have to talk about that on the podcast, but that is certainly an option if I can't come up with something else to talk about uh, to close out uh, this week. Uh, but of course, this gives you an opportunity to steer the conversation. You can hit me up uh, via those previously uh, accounts and addresses uh, if you want to sort of guide the conversation on that. But uh, that's going to do it for us here on Lockdown Falcons. And of course, want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Falcons your first listen each and every day. And of course, why not for your second listen? Check out Lockdown Bulldogs, Lockdown Braves, Lockdown Hawks, all on the same podcast platforms that you're currently listening to Lockdown Falcons or watching on YouTube. And of course, why not also check out the Lockdown Bets podcast where handicapping expert Lee Sterling is giving you his daily picks, his blowout specials, and his lock of the day. Again, not talking football, but certainly talking basketball, hockey, and much, much more on the Lockdown Bets podcast. And maybe Lee's got an opinion on Russell Wilson's next destination. And so he can give you uh, the scoop there as well. So go check out Lockdown Bets, free and available on all the same podcast platforms that you can find Lockdown Falcons. So guys, that's going to do it for us. Appreciate it. Till then.